Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. This is quarter number one of our show, brought to you by our good friends at New Trail Brewing Company. They brew their beer right here in Central PA and deliver fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. You know, Andy, I've had a couple listeners get back to me, scolding me about my New Trail uh, talk because I don't mention their favorite. And multiple guys have called me or sent me notes saying broken heels is their absolute favorite from New Trail Brewing. All right, guys, here you go. I'm mentioning Broken Heels, okay? In fact, I think Broken Heels is the most popular beer coming from New Trail. Good place to start with them. Go to your local retailer where you get your beer. Ask for it specifically, Broken Heels, okay? There you go. And if you're in State College, check it out at WR Hickey. Andy. We're at the home stretch of the season, and we've got several news items to talk about. First off, just to mention, this Penn State football team is up to number 11 in the college football rankings. Not too bad for a team that started the year unranked. Yeah, I think it's – I looked at it closely. They're the same spot in all the rankings. College, The college football playoff rankings is what matters, right? Let's just stop there. But it is the right spot. I – I mean, Utah at 10 or Penn State at 10, that's tomato, tomato to me, potato, patata. I don't think that one really matters right now. Um, They are a top 10 team. They continue to win. They're going to be a top 10 team this year. Um, What strikes me as interesting is one, two, three in the Big Ten East. They're the Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State are the only three ranked teams in the country, you know, in the country from the big 10, you know, it's a, it's a lot of mediocrity, right. In the big 10, particularly uh, again in the big 10 West, but you know, obviously Ohio state and Michigan have separated themselves, but Penn state has also separated itself this year. I think Jimmy, you know, from everybody else, they're eight and two, they're not in that mediocre group anymore. And that's a big step forward for this program. They still need to finish, and they need to finish strong, but they have once again sort of restored their order and separate themselves. It's all right there in front of them, but yeah, they're number 11, and it's exactly where they should be. It it definitely is. Let's hit a few of the other news items. Uh, We know Joey Porter Jr. missed the last game. The team played well against Maryland even without him, and James Franklin, who never, ever, 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 talks about player injuries or why they're missing. He, Andy, he never does it. He told us this week Joey Porter had appendicitis. So um, what I found intriguing was that he mentioned that he may be back this season yet. I can't imagine he would play in one of these last two regular season games, but he should probably be ready for any bowl game. Although as a first-round draft pick, potentially it appears, I'm not sure if he'll show up at the bowl game to play or not. It'd be nice if he would. So 
Joey Porter Jr. does not have a football injury, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm just saying the James Franklin thing. I'm no, just no, 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 no. Remember, he says he won't talk about it if a player's missing, no matter what the reason. Okay. I'm just so he never will until he does. I think, I mean, this will be a Joey Porter Jr. decision, right? He's not going to play in the regular season, right? Like, that's about a month. You know, you have appendicitis, you're going to miss at least, you know, you're going to miss about a month of playing football before you can start practicing again, three weeks, whatever. He's not going to play again this regular season. And then it comes down to the decision of, is he going to, is he done at Penn state? Is he going to play in the bowl game? He is a first round high NFL draft prospect. This will be a, a, a his decision, but my thought, in my mind, we've seen Joey Porter Jr. wear number nine for the last time in a Penn State uniform. I really believe that he is he is done and is going to go to the NFL. Andy, you know, we're going to have plenty of time between the end of yeah. the regular season and the bowl game, and I'm sure we will chat about not just him but any other player who might be in that same position. Let's switch the offensive line, and as a segue – um, they now pronounce it Fashionu instead of Fashanu, but he'll be in that same boat conceivably yeah. as a player who's hurt could be a number one draft pick. It'll see. It'll be interesting to see what he does. But he's not the only injury news uh, along the offensive line. Now, some of the most recent news is when media was allowed in to practice on Wednesday. They said they saw. Um, Caden Wall is practicing, but obviously Tang Wall is out for the season. Fashionu was not uh, practicing either. So then it becomes a question of, with these young guys, do you preserve the red shirt? Shelton, who started at left tackle the last four game, or last couple games, has now played in the allotment of four games without burning his red shirt. Um, Nelson has played in three, so he'll, he'll, he has one more game and, uh, Vega Ioane has played in two. So he has two more before burning his red shirt. So that's kind of the situation they're in. So might they be shuffling these guys to preserve the red shirt? My question to you is specifically, um, with Drew Shelton, Andy, Preserving his red shirt, does it really matter? Do you really expect this guy to stick around for five years? I don't think it matters, Jimmy. No, it doesn't matter. And as long as, you know, Fashion News out, you need a left tackle. Drew Shelton's playing left tackle and doing just fine. Good for that young man and good for Penn State in the offensive line. The whether or not he burns a red shirt doesn't matter because you need him to play. The other guys you can sort of yin and yang with because you still have the bowl game and that's your freebie. But, you know, and Nelson is is versatile, right? He can play a couple different positions as a junior college transfer on the offensive line. So maybe you've got a little more flexibility if Caden Wallace comes back because then that gives you a little more flexibility with Bryce Effner. Right. So that one has a little more flexibility. Drew Shelton has to play left tackle if your stud left tackle is still injured and and not playing. And yeah, Penn State's getting really thin along the offensive line. But in 
what was a year where you were looking at the offensive line going in and hoping they wouldn't be a problem, knowing they were already very thin and you weren't sure who was going to start and play on a consistent basis? They have massively overperformed this season across the board. And the next level of that has been the last couple games, Jimmy, where they've had some key injuries along the offensive line and they've still been massively productive. I mean, 428 yards the last two games on the ground, that's impressive from a, a little bit of a patchwork offensive line as compared to what you're what you're normally used to. They're not deep. That room is not deep at all to begin with, and it's less deep now than, than it has been at any point in the season. But the fact that it doesn't matter speaks to their coaching and the performance of the players themselves. It's a combination of both. They have been massively, massively overproductive this season as a group. Andy, I'm going to look at it just a little bit differently, specifically with Drew Shelton. You talk in terms of, well, they have no choice. They have to play him because it's a team need. I'm going to look at it from the player side. If Drew Shelton is already holding his own at left tackle as a true freshman, there's no way he's going to be there for five years unless injuries happen or something else. In fact, there's a very good chance he won't even be there for four years. Okay. So if you allow him to play now, his development, he's held his own. He he's made mistakes. He's made freshman mistakes. He hasn't been perfect, but this experience, if you just plant him there and say, Hey, right now you're the guy there. You have a couple starts in for him. You get him a couple more starts, Rutgers and Michigan State. He's the guy there for four weeks of bowl game practice. And in the bowl game, next year, you have essentially a veteran left tackle returning. So I think it's not only in the team's best interest. I think it's also in the young man's best interest also. Let's hit a couple other uh, small news items when we – talk about some of the freshmen. I thought it was interesting, Andy, uh, Christian Driver, who there was debate whether he was an offensive player or defensive player, and it appeared during his recruiting process, Penn State convinced him he would be better off on defense. James Franklin is saying, well, hold on. Right now we're going to let him practice with both, and come next year we look at him as a wide receiver. Is this a comment on the depth at both positions? I I think it's a comment. Yeah, that's a. I think it is a comment a little bit on the depth at both positions. And through the process, they've determined that you know below the top three or four, three or four receivers, he's at the level as a receiver as anybody else on their depth chart, right? In that room, right? Like he can, he could, you know, be he could be fifth, sixth, seventh. It doesn't matter, but he can play at that level on that side. And when it comes to the secondary, it's, it's really, really deep, Jimmy. And it's really, really good. And now is it going to get thinner going into next year? A little bit sure, but the depth that they already have there that has shown itself is really high. And driver hasn't had a a chance to play very much. So I kind of like it. I found it interesting. The part I found interesting of that was they showed sort of the, while we played him at, co- at corner and practiced him there to get his confidence with a plan to move him to safety, right? Like, so that sort of reveals how they are building these safeties, how they did it before and how they've done it with the other ones. I found that very interesting. 
that seems to be the model that they're doing. Yeah. I wanted to get one last note in in your comment on Malik McNeil, a, a freshman. Uh, he came in at 6'7", 340, obviously a big guy. Uh, they were going to redshirt him no matter what this year. He's no longer with the team. Just wanted your comment there real quick. Yeah, three-star recruit only leaves three linemen from the 2022 class on this roster. Shelton that we mentioned, Ione and Nelson have all been mentioned. Those are the only guys. He was a three-star that left. He was a big kid that had to mold his body, and it just didn't work. And that happens. We know that it happens. There's going to be some attrition. All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number one in the news. Quarter number two, we're going to talk about all those bowl game permutations for Penn State. Stay tuned for that. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Andy Shea. Andy, it's quarter number two, and we've got a fun topic here for quarter number two. Let's talk bowl games. You know, Penn State, last two years without a bowl game. So I do believe the fan base, although, you know, a little down after those couple losses to Michigan and Ohio State, the prospect of a 10-2 regular season, which would mean a decent bowl game or a good bowl game, is now right in front of this team. 
Let's talk about the permutations because I know a lot of people are talking about this and wondering where the team's going to go. And what I want to do is go through each possibility with you and just get a quick comment from you what it would mean for that to get to that bowl game. Let's stop. Start at what is the top for Penn State? They're not going to make the playoffs. Forget that. Right. Rolls, Rose Bowl would be the top level. And the way this works is Ohio State plays Michigan. The winner of that game is going to the playoffs. They're going to win yes. against whoever the West Division representative is in the Big Ten Championship. The question becomes, will the loser also make the playoffs? More than likely not, which means they would go to the Rose Bowl, say Ohio State wins. Michigan would then probably be the Rose Bowl participant as the next highest-ranked Big Ten team. But they could most, uh, both make the playoffs if something happens like TCU losing, so they're not undefeated anymore. USC is another possibility from the Pac-12 if they get a second loss. So there's a possibility of it. I don't think a great chance of both those teams making the playoffs, but what would it mean if Penn State made it to the Rose Bowl? So it, it would mean that as a New Year's Six team that they finished 10-2 and two and they took a step in the right direction. I still think there's an outside chance they make the Rose Bowl because they're the third best team in the Big Ten. In all these bowl scenarios as we were talking about them, I think you have to remember there is no other team from the Big Ten. It's Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Everyone else has got three or more losses Right now behind them, whoever comes from the West is going to lose in the Big Ten Championship game almost assuredly. So they are the third best team. I still think there's an outside-outside shot. If if the Michigan-Ohio State game is close, that both teams make the playoffs, they need help, right? But it's more likely not going to happen. So the Rose Bowl would be a cherry on top of this season for Penn State. Exactly. It's, it, it is possible. It can happen. We got to realize that and acknowledge it, but that's probably not going to happen, but it can. So we acknowledge it. It's possibly a Rose Bowl against what is it, USC, perhaps, if that were the case, or Oregon or Utah, whoever yep. won from their north and played USC and potentially beat them in their championship game. Let's go what's next. And to figure out what's next, Andy, we've got to talk about the Southeast Conference. Of course and we do. Let's project their finish, which is Georgia is going to play LSU in a Southeast Conference championship game. Although it doesn't matter whether Georgia wins or loses that game, they're making the playoffs. Correct. But I believe Georgia will win that game. That sends Georgia to the playoffs. Tennessee, with their one and only loss against Georgia, very good chance they make it to the playoffs also. That leaves potentially LSU, which if they do lose to Georgia, that's a three-loss LSU, and a two-loss Alabama as next in the pecking order in the Southeast Conference. Correct. Whoever is next, just like when we talked Rose Bowl in the Big Ten, and whoever it doesn't go to the playoffs, the next highest would go to the Rose Bowl. Same thing here in the Southeast Conference. Whoever doesn't make it to the playoffs and is still highest ranked goes to the Sugar Bowl. So that would most likely be LSU or Alabama. So which would it be? 
take your pick, <laughs> all right? Would LSU stay above Alabama or even more so, are they going to stay above Penn State? So should we give Alabama the Sugar Bowl in that scenario, Andy? So <clears throat> two SEC teams make the college football playoffs, a three-loss LSU team that beat Alabama versus a two-loss Alabama team that had some squeakers and is clearly not at the same level it was. That's a sticky, Jimmy, that is such a sticky wicket. That becomes the college football, I mean, the college football playoff committee has to rank it. it. It might come down to how bad does Georgia beat LSU in the SEC championship game, right? I mean, if they run them over and and, and boat race them and beat them convincingly, similar to the way they beat undefeated Tennessee, that is not a a good end-of-season look for LSU. So, plus they have three losses. So, I think it's Alabama. I really do. I think they take Alabama in New Orleans at the Sugar Bowl over LSU. And let's face it, where the rankings are right now – doesn't matter. You have to factor in potentially that third loss for LSU. So now what we have left is next in line is the Orange Bowl. Now the Orange Bowl will take the winner of the ACC or the highest ranked ACC who doesn't make the playoffs, which will be no team from the ACC. So North Carolina plays Clemson, the winner in the championship game. The winner of that game will host the Orange Bowl, be the home team. And now the Orange Bowl, and this is where it gets sticky. They have, you read that they pick the next highest ranked team between the Southeast Conference and the Big Ten. So in the scenario that we had, we had Alabama going to the Sugar Bowl. That leaves LSU. Do you have a three-loss LSU still ranked above Penn State? And as you pointed out, that might be a question of whether do they give Georgia a a real game or do they get boat raced, Andy? Yeah, that's going to be, to me, this is where I think Penn State has the greatest potential. Like the Rose Bowl we said for Penn State is a cherry. I think the Orange Bowl, I mean the Rose Bowl, excuse me. I think the Orange Bowl is a real possibility for Penn State if it takes care of business. I don't think you can look at eight and three LSU and, and sort of their struggles against teams. Okay, they have quality wins. Yeah, what they do in the SEC championship game matters. But Penn State, outside of Michigan, and they gave they got boat raced by Michigan, and they gave Ohio State a really good game and played well for three quarters. They have been convincingly and pretty solid in every other game this year, right? Like we pick them apart because that's what we do a little bit. But they overall, their national perception is they've played really well in the games they should win. And they're the third best team in the Big Ten. You're talking about the fourth or fifth best team in the SEC. You're talking about four now versus three in the Big Ten. Which one do you want? That's where the, the college football playoff committee makes a decision and the Orange Bowl. But the fact is both Alabama and LSU are well ahead of Penn State right now. Right in now. the rankings, and, right and now, Alabama so, has an easier path. Alabama has an easy path to finish their season ten and two. Correct. LSU could finish ten and three 
if they lose that uh, championship game to Georgia, that's going to be the judgment call. One other little note about the Orange Bowl that doesn't get talked about enough, Andy, is in their current contract, there has to be a minimum number of times that the Orange Bowl selects the Southeast Conference and selects the Big Ten. That seems to be pretty equal right now where they've each been there two times over this contract. So it appears, if I'm reading it correctly, over the next two years, there's got to be one SEC team and one year a Big Ten team. I'm not sure the the Orange Bowl gets to say, I would rather do Penn State this year and the unknown SEC team next year versus the other way around. Yeah, that's a factor. If they had some say in it, you know, that college football uh, ranking might turn out a little different with some influence from the Orange Bowl. Now, next up, Andy, in the uh, New Year's Six Bowl game pecking order is the Cotton Bowl. Now, Penn State was there a couple years ago against Memphis. And candidly, I think Penn State fans will say, you know what? We don't want to go to Texas. Right. And we don't want to play a group of five team. Correct. It's a no-win scenario. If you win, so what? If you lose, it doesn't look good. Now, where this is, is the Cotton Bowl gets the leftovers. They get what are called at-large bids. And one of that leftover teams will be the group of five representative. Picture, say, Central Florida, just for sake of argument. Right. Now, the question is, Who's next in line? I think Penn State is the most attractive choice at that point in general. But what was fascinating to me is Jerry Palm, who does these this does this projection for a living, he had actually placed Washington in this cotton ball. Now, the only thing I could think of is at that point. Might other bowl games and teams have a say in this? Might Penn State say, we've just been there a couple years ago. Thanks, but no thanks. Would rather go to a Citrus Bowl. And whereas Washington would enthusiastically accept a bid to the Cotton Bowl. I'm not sure if that's how it works, Andy. Yeah, I'm but not sure I, don't, I don't think the Cotton Bowl is required to take the highest ranked team. But that's next up. My question is to you, you know, real quick before we get to the next option, how excited would you be about going to the Cotton Bowl? So I, 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 the 2019 game was good. The Cotton Bowl is still a New Year's Six game. I don't think you want the Big Ten in an at-large. It, uh, the Citrus Bowl isn't a New Year's Six game. You don't want your Big Ten three in a non-New Year's Six bowl game if you're the Big Ten conference. I look at it that way. And But as a fan, now here's oh. that last option. If Penn State is not in one of those games, it would be the Citrus Bowl. It's Florida. It's Orlando. Most likely against Ole Miss, a Southeast Conference team with a bigger name. As a fan, what would the preference be? Oh, the, the Penn State fan base wants to go to Orlando and watch them play an SEC team. They don't want to go to Texas and be in a New Year's Six Bowl game. They don't care about that. That's that's pretty clear. They will travel better to Florida than they will to Texas. No doubt about it, Jimmy. Well, those are the options, folks. And, of course, Penn State has to win those last two games to make this all happen. I think they will, Andy. 
it'll be interesting to see. We'll have firmer answers in a couple weeks. Stick around. Quarter number three, we're going to ask Andy. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. We specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Andy Shea. It's quarter number three. That means it's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions for Andy. Then at the end of the segment, we'll pick out the best question, and they that person will be the winner of the KSN Polo. All right, Andy, just a quick clarification. In quarter number one, we were talking about the offensive line and uh, players redshirting. It led into our conversation quarter number two. We talked about the bowl game, and I think we just need to clarify about you mentioned you used the word the bowl game being a freebie for players against the red shirt, but I don't think that is. I no, think that, that, uh, that's that my bad. Yeah, that's my bad. It, it, it does count. The bowl it, game counts as one of the four. And if you recall a couple of years ago with Penn State, Penn State was short, I believe, at linebacker. Yep. And a couple of freshmen had already used up their four games and they had a, the players had the decision to make right. and chose not to play. I'm trying to remember who those players were, but they chose instead to sit out that game. All right. Let's get to our Ask Andy segment. You ready to roll, Andy? I am, Jimmy. Let's go. Fire away. I'm ready. All right. Here's the biggie. We've gone this far, Andy, without talking about quarterbacks. 
but this is as far as we're going to go. Let's start with Ned in Somerset, who says, Hey, Andy, really love your commentary. Do you think this Penn State team is just an elite quarterback away from being an elite team? And is Aller that guy? Yes, and right now, no. (laughs) In short, do I think he is right now? No. Do I think he has the potential to be an elite quarterback in this offense with with the kind of young talent he has around him? Yeah, I think he does going forward. I mean, the the intrigue in this offense in, for 2023 with Drew Aller quarterback, those two young running backs and what they have at the wide receiver position, it's going to be a very intriguing offense to watch develop going forward. But right now, do I think – that he is that quarterback that makes this offense elite. I do not. I, I absolutely do not. Andy, you know, I do believe Aller will be an upgrade at the quarterback position for this team. And I do think the supporting cast is going to be really good. I mean, there yeah. are star players on this team. We see that running back <laughs> on defense. You know, we see people like Chop Robinson, Abdul Carter, Kalen King. These are all guys who are coming back who are really good players. The problem Penn State has is the same problem every team in the Southeast Conference West and East Division have, which is there is that elite team at the very top, whether it's Alabama, Georgia. In Penn State's case, it's definitely Ohio State and might even be Michigan. That's the hurdle you have to get over. If you were in the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-12, I would think it's enough. Uh, Where they are now, let's just say they'll be happy when the 12-team playoff uh, goes into effect. Okay, let's, let's see. Where do we go now? Let's go to Sam in Lebanon who says, Andy, I really like everything that Manny Diaz is doing on the defensive side of the ball. Is the improved play, though, mostly him, or is it just playing more talent on defense? That's a really good question, Sam. So I said before the year, if you remember going back, that I knew what Manny Diaz was as a defensive coordinator. I, for some reason, paid close attention to him when he was a defensive coordinator because I liked what he did. He's a mad scientist. He can come up, he can make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what, in other words, he doesn't need a lot of talent to make his defense a good defense, a, a, a capable defense. You give him playmakers and a little bit of athleticism and some star power and let him put that into his chemical bottle, my goodness gracious, he is a – he's like a kid in, at Halloween with candy. He knows exactly what to do with his candy. He knows how to use it. He knows how to mix and match it. He knows how to make it look different for each opponent. He is really good at what he's done, and Penn State has some studs on the defensive side of the ball, and they've emerged at each level. Yeah, the secondary's got a bunch of them, but they've emerged at each level. Abdul Carter has become a stud at linebacker as a true freshman. He has emerged as an emerging superstar at that position. Chop Robinson, you saw it from the beginning. It was like, okay, this guy's good. But now he's starting to finish more and 
you know, he's getting better in the run game. He is an emerging superstar as a defensive end at that position. So they already have studs in the secondary. We knew about Jair Brown, and Jair Brown's even better. Joey Porter Jr.'s been really good. Dixon's been good. I think King has come along magnificently. The safeties are deep. He has everything he could want, and he's been able to use those stars and studs really well. It is a combination of both, but he can make chicken salad out of chicken, you know what, but when he has star power like this, it ends up looking a lot like this. When you're Manny Diaz and the mad scientist doing all these different things, it's a whole lot easier when you've got big-time players there. And by the way, big-time players, big-time coordinator will draw more big-time players. Let's go to Jimmy in Forest City. Good to hear from you, Jimmy. I actually got to meet Jimmy at a tailgate a couple weeks ago, Andy, so it was great to meet him and his wife. Uh, Andy, we had three of our better players out versus Maryland, which made me think of how players sit out for bowl games. I'm referring to Fashionu, Porter Jr., and Curtis Jacobs. With two games remaining, do you expect to see those three on the field again? He also asked, interestingly enough, do bowl games count for burning the red shirt? And should these players play? Well, first of all, Jimmy, we determined, yes, the bowl game does count towards the red shirt. So when you look at those three players specifically, Andy, should they play in the bowl game if they're healthy and ready? I would say Joey Porter Jr. and Olu probably no. Um, They are potential top two round NFL draft picks if they choose and want to go to the NFL. I think Curtis Jacobs, healthy and whole, should probably play. Um, I think there's another level at the new position of linebacker that he has played this year. Um, He's improved as the season goes along until he got hurt. You know, he was kind of hard to see early. Then he's he has he has developed at that new position, but I think he has another level of development and that he can show on the field and make him an even better prospect at the next level because it's coming. And I think it was a learning curve for him this year, and I think he needs to play. I look at it this way. Is there a reason for each one of them to play? You start with Joey Porter Jr. Would love to see him out there. Penn State showed they're going to be pretty good even without him, so I don't think there's the same pressure for him to play. I would not be surprised if it's a little bit of like the Saquon Barkley treatment from a few years ago. If he chooses to play, he just won't be in there a lot. Maybe you have him in there just on obvious passing downs. Let him lock somebody down. The other two, Fashanu, the only thing I could say about an incentive to play is maybe he wants to show he's over his injury, wants to put that out there. Um, as far as uh, Jacobs goes, I'm not sure it's in his best interest to turn pro this year, but if he does, it wouldn't be bad to show yourself on tape against a higher-level team, which you'll face in the bowl game. All right, let's go to Thomas and Paoli, who says, Andy, why all the Clifford hate out there? The kid has given his all for this team, and I believe he deserves better. What do you think? Yeah, it's a it's a love hate relationship with Sean. You either oh, you know, Penn State fans either like it and understand who he is and accept the quarterback that he is and the ceiling that he has, or they just continue to think 
he's never as good as you think he is. It's it's tricky. I mean, the kid has given a lot. He's, you know, he now leads in career passing yards. You know, he's the first, I think he's the first Penn State quarterback to go over 10,000 passing yards, but he's been the starter for a really long time. He's been through ups and downs. He's been through a lot of coordinators. I don't think you look at all that like coordinator after coordinator, coordinator, terrible COVID year, lost his confidence, had to come back with a new coordinator. Wasn't bad last year, wasn't good. You know, regressed as the season, got along, had injuries. It's been a lot. And I think the lack of respect for that endurance is something that is overlooked generally by the fan base. And he's still a mix and match this year. He was really good against Indiana. Not good at all against Maryland. So that is Sean Clifford in a nutshell. Andy, I just want to say this is one of those things where you have the extreme people, and we have them as listeners, and you see them on message boards. They can't stand anything Sean Clifford does. They can't wait to get rid of him. That's the extremist. I think there's an extreme the other way who think, you know, Sean Clifford could do no wrong. He's this great quarterback. He is not. He's not. And I think most fans can appreciate what he's done and what he's given this team. He's given his all. And I think on senior day against Michigan State, when he gets introduced, I think he's going to get a rousing ovation. What I have a, a little bit of an issue with is there are fans who will say, he's a college kid. He doesn't deserve to be booed. Well, Here's the thing, Andy. These kids are now in the arena. They look for the applause, and we hear this about, you know, those kids who end up transferring or whatever during the recruiting process. They look for the adulation, but you know what? If you transfer, you got to expect this. You put yourself out there. And now the fact that these kids, and they've pushed for the money and the NIL, in essence, they are professionals. And Sean Clifford is not this innocent 17-year-old coming in as a freshman. He's 24 years old now. He's been in the arena. This is part of it, Andy. It's just like the coaches. James Franklin is making a you know large amount of money. He's open to criticism. I think he does everything in his power for Penn State to win. His heart's in the right place. But you know what? James Franklin, you accepted all that money. You accepted the big contract this comes with it okay so i don't think these fans who say how dare you boo or how dare you question well we're fans that's what we do you get the applause you also get the boos all right that's it andy for ask andy we'll name our winner at the start of quarter number four New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands as well as weekly experimental recipes. New Trail Broken Heels is Pennsylvania's favorite local hazy IPA. This beer is smooth and full-bodied. Hand-selected citra hops lead to notes of bright clementine and juicy ruby red grapefruit. Broken Heels is perfect for a pregame tailgate all the way through the victory celebration. 
It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results, located right here in State College. Whether it's workstation, server and network installation, problem solving and maintenance, security assessments, or general evaluations, we are your complete IT partner. Learn more at TechResults.com. That's T-E-K Results.com. Or call us at 814-206-0000. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by New Trail Brewing Company. New Trail beers are brewed right here in central Pennsylvania and delivered fresh and cold to your favorite retailers every week. When you're in Happy Valley, be sure to find New Trail at WR Hickey and other craft beer retailers. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. We're in the home stretch. It's quarter number four. I'm Jim Galante along with Andrew P. Shea. And as we're coming also to the home stretch of the season, Andy, there's one more home game left. That's against Michigan State. And if you want to have a good time for the weekend, if you're traveling in the Happy Valley, want a great way to spend the weekend, check out gopsurv.com. You drive your car there. An RV is all set, ready, and waiting for you. A tremendous weekend of tailgating. They also take care of the parking hassle because they drive you to and from the game. If you're interested, give Mark a call at 800-519-8467. Tell them you want the KSN RV special, and you'll save $500. All right, Andy. Let's wrap it up. Quarter number three, our Ask Andy segment. Who's your winner? It is Sam from Lebanon. All right. Sam will be getting in touch with you. Sam asked about Manny Diaz and that defense. Good question. A fun topic for this team. All right, Andy, it's Rutgers week. Are you excited? <laughs> can, no. How can you get excited about Rutgers? And, you know, they, they can't score against almost anybody again this year and they haven't scored more than 10 points in forever and they haven't beaten Penn state in forever, but, and Penn state's what a 20 something point favorite in this game, 24, 25, 23, something. There are three touchdown plus favorite in this game as they should be. But I have a little bit of a slight pause for the cause on this road game. Penn state will travel well to Rutgers, by the way. Um, I'm not worried about any juice for the Michigan State game at home. Senior game, senior day, Michigan State's done some damage to Penn State during the James Franklin era. 
in terms of taking some shine off some seasons. Home game, I'm not worried about that. The Nittany Lions will be up for the Week 10 game. Rutgers on the road, it just doesn't feel like a challenge, right? Like you said, it doesn't feel like a challenge for this Penn State team unless the Nittany Lions help the Scarlet Knights. Rutgers' defense can do just enough, in my opinion, to keep this game sort of a scrape and interesting. And by Penn State helping him, I don't mean like turning the ball over and making a bunch of penalties and playing knucklehead football. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about allowing or affording Rutgers the opportunity to sort of stay around and be in this game longer than it should. That is a concern for me for this game. They came out last week against Maryland, thanks to a couple of fourth and one runs by Nick Singleton for touchdowns. They sort of opened up this game, but they they were not real explosive offensively kind of outside of that. So they need more from John Clifford this week. Rutgers is not, does not have a, their pass rush is almost non-existent. Their secondary is okay. We know they're going to try and stack the box and take away the young running backs and and force Penn State. They need more out of Clifford. This needs to be a game where Clifford steps up and and asserts himself as the QB1 for this team and the leader that James talks about. Look, he was 12 of 23, 139 yards and a touchdown last week, and those numbers are better than he actually played, right? Like he played poorly last week. His it, it, he just did not execute well as a quarterback he did not throw the ball well the opportunity for Penn State to get Rutgers out of its comfort zone and not give them any sort of fight in the game because what you saw last week out of Maryland was a team that sort of went away I don't want to use the Q word but they went away right Rutgers will not under Greg Schiano they will not go away Jimmy they will not evaporate. They will not, using the quit word, they will not quit. It is inherent upon Penn State, in my opinion, and on this offense, and I narrow that down to the quarterback position, to take this game away from Rutgers and own it. And then that puts Rutgers outside their comfort zone. That is a big, that is my, what I think is the number one concern and the thing I'm looking at going into this week. Andy, a couple clarifications. The spread is actually just 19 points for this oh, game. Sorry. And, you know, that's – I'm not sure what that's an indication of. I think it's mostly an indication of Rutgers is going to try to make this game as short as possible. They're going to try to have as few possessions as possible for Penn State. Uh, offensively, they don't score a lot of points. They've – their highest point total this season was 24, and that was a win against Indiana. By the way, yes, I know. They put up 66 against Wagner. <laughs> I don't count that. Um, but on the other side of the ball, they've only allowed 30 points three times. And a couple weeks ago, I think it was against Michigan, they were actually ahead at halftime before they got boat raced in the second half. So if you're Greg Schiano, do you not have to say, especially after watching that tape last week, Penn State, Maryland, we're going to try to slow this game down as few possessions as possible. We'll stack the box, stop the run game of Penn State. And you know what, Sean Clifford, let's see if you could beat us. That has to be the game plan, doesn't it? It, it, it is 
in breaking it down even further, Rutgers game plan is to tackle well and tackle well in space, right? They, yeah, they're going to do exactly what you said schematically, but they have to tackle well and not let these running backs get to the second and third level because they're going to lose. They'll lose that battle. And they have to absolutely force Sean Clifford to be a, a quarterback that is efficient and effective. They're going to play zone coverage. The short and intermediate routes against zone coverage are going, they're going to be what they're going to be open. They're going to be available. Can Clifford execute well enough in this offense, execute well enough in the short and intermediate passing game against zone coverage to open up uh, Rutgers defense? They are going to slam and cram the box and they are going to run blitz and be aggressive. And they are going to make that offensive line earn their money this week because they can. Their secondary is not bad. Their secondary is not good. But if they get behind by two two touchdowns or 17 points, say, in the second quarter, that completely takes Rutgers out of their comfort zone uh, offensively, makes Penn State's defense even more effective as a, you know, sort of aggressive, we're going to chase you down and hunt you down dogs that they can be. And it allows Penn State to be balanced and, and you know, do whatever they want offensively but if it if they can't do that, if Sean Clifford struggles in this game and has the same kind of effort, and it looks like it did last week, this could be a dogfight for them. You are one hundred percent right, Jimmy. Now, also in the defense, you mentioned about the short passing game being open. I'm not sure it will be. I think not only crowd the box, I think they're going to dare Sean Clifford to go over the top, and which Sean Clifford has shown he can't do or has not been uh, very successful at. Now let's talk about when Rutgers has the ball, just to give you a couple names, they've now settled on their quarterback as Gavin Wimsat. You might remember him. He's the player who a year ago kind of jumped his senior year of high school and actually got on the field last year when he should have been a senior in high school. I think he had some injury issues. He's now the guy at quarterback. He's completing completing less than 50% of his passes, four touchdowns against six interceptions. Now, the running game, they lost their running back Samuel Brown to injury, but a week ago against Michigan State, they had Kyle Monangi. He put up 164 yards against Michigan State. Again, if you're Rutgers, do you want to see if, can I run the ball on this defense? which means I can hold on to the ball and I move the clock. Yeah, can't, this is not Michigan State's defense. Look, Wimsett, Wimsett's been getting a little better in each of his last three starts, right? Like, But, Mich, you know, against Michigan, when Michigan unleashed the dogs on him in the second half, he threw three picks, right? Like, he he's not developed as a quarterback at the level to handle that kind of pressure and be able to handle the speed of the game and make the reads and make the throws at that level. I don't think they're going to be able to, Penn State's going to load up and try and stop the run. They're going to force the pressure on this quarterback. That's what they do well. That's why I think maybe getting, you know, see, you know, that's why I think that, the you know, linebackers and tackling and all of that stuff is going to be important. Aggressiveness, blitzes, all that stuff Manny Diaz likes to do, that aggressiveness, it's going to be an advantage for Penn State. This is not Michigan State's defense, but it, it is about what Penn State's offense does, Jimmy. I, I really don't look at Michigan at Rutgers' offense and say, that's a key to the game for me. 
Okay, Andy, time for both of us to do our predictions and bold predictions. Go. All right. Um, I expect Penn State's defense to attack, attack, and attack this offense. I am looking for full attack mode. Like I just, this game centers for me on Penn State's offense and quarterback Sean Clifford. Can they get Rutgers out of whack sooner than later? You know, they can they take this game to them in the first half? Rutgers has to keep this a tight and low scoring game. They will play hard. They will play very hard. You won't see the elements of what you saw at Beaver Stadium last week. I still I disagree with you, Jimmy. I think the short to intermediate passing game against zone coverage is going to be open, available, and key. I think it brings the yards after catch into play that Penn State has been very good at all season. I am going Penn State 38, Rutgers 7. And my bold prediction is wide receiver Parker Washington goes over 100 receiving yards for the game with one or more touchdowns. Yards after catch, Jimmy. All right, Andy, I'm one who I'm always an advocate for Penn State using the short passing game. That's what I want to see. That's what I think they're better at, using their tight ends, uh, using those wide receiver screens, using the running backs in the passing game, getting them out in the flat. However, I do think Rutgers is going to try to stop that part of the game, and Penn State's going to see that and at least try to go over the top. I believe Sean Clifford, after a real poor performance against Maryland last week, despite the offense putting up 30 points, I think he completes a couple long passes, and James Franklin gives us another pregnant pause afterwards and says, see, look at Sean Clifford. He can complete those long passes. My prediction for a score... I do have Penn State uh, beating that 19-point spread also. I have it at 41-10. I just don't think Rutgers has enough offense against this defense. I think the defense this last couple weeks has just shown what they will do to an inferior offense. They're going to make it really rough on that quarterback. All right, that is it for our show. Thank you all for listening, and make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. New Trail Brewing Company proudly crafts their beers right here in central Pennsylvania. Brewed with only the best possible ingredients, New Trail produces a variety of year-round brands, as well as weekly experimental recipes. And next time you're watching the game with friends or by the campfire, pick up the New Trail Hoppy Variety Pack. New Trail's Hoppy Pack is an absolute crowd pleaser. Packed with four different hoppy beers, it's sure to please everyone. It's that time again for football and tailgating, and no better way than with Go PSU RV. Drive your vehicle to Happy Valley and have an RV set up and waiting for you. And this year, KSN is teaming up with Go PSU RV to offer a special deal. Be the first to reserve the KSN special for the Ohio, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Maryland, or Michigan State game, and you'll get $500 off your RV. Call Mark at 800-519-8467 and tell him you want the KSN RV special. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, 
local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We are Tech Results. Located right here in State College, we specialize in providing assistance with many third-party software suites. Our clients include doctor's offices, lawyers, construction companies, and even hairdressers. We provide help with their industry-specific software. Learn more at techresults.com. That's T-E-K results.com. Or give us a call at 814-206-0000. 